This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You shall talk with absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You, I'd see if you're a bacon montage. You are gone. You well. I couldn't save you. I'd well. But you said the right thing. But that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that what, what have you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. A very warm welcome to the Fast Viewers Inquiry weekend service. Uh, myself, Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk, is as ever joined by John Ling of John Joe's Blogspot. And we've got a decent little show tonight. We've got some cracking questions. Uh, and also, uh, we'll be covering the meetings at um, Haydock. That's the Challenger final races and Musselburgh's first turf meeting of the year, all on ITV4 uh, tomorrow. Before we get on to that, I'd just like to announce that there'll be the Sunday Sermon uh, this Sunday as regular, and it'll be a cracking show. We've got two big debating points, which some of you might have seen already on Twitter and social media platforms, to do with micro-ownership. And the second topic is, of course, the ongoing saga with account checks regarding affordability for basically having a bet. Entain have entered the ring this week, and Ladbrokes and Corals have uh, decided that they're going to introduce affordability checks. So we'll be discussing that in full on Sunday with ranting. And please get your questions in for that show as usual. Right, on to today's questions. On with the show. And we've got four questions this week that uh, I think are quite good. Um, the first one is from Carl Swanson. And it was Mick Easterby's 90th birthday this week. Toothless Mick. Ice cream Mick. Uh, turned 90 this week. And John... He's asking, what's your favourite Mick Easterby story from over the years? Well, I have got one or two. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my absolute favourite, um, which kind of sums the great man up, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, very dear friend of mine, died a few years ago, Mel Britton, relayed this one to me. And uh, it was when Mel had horses with... Mick and Peter used to be before he started training for himself. He'd been down to see one of his work and gone in for a couple afterwards. And the phone rang and it's uh, one of Mick's clients, as he calls them, when he's on his Facebook doing his little clown of the county piece. And Cos uh, Mellow only hears one end of the conversation and it's, oh yes, he's in great, Mick. Wonderful, wonderful horse. Yes, oh, superb. He's in, he's in fantastic shape. Yes, he, oh, he will win. Will win. No problem at all. Then Mick puts the phone down, turns to Mel. He says, ah, no fucking chance. And starts laughing. Oh, dear, dear, dear. <laughs> it's a complete put away job, basically. Oh, you know. Roll it up into a corner and shove it where the sun don't shine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Send me the word as originals. Do you reckon Wiley Old Mix uh, tucked up a few uh, owners in the past regarding, uh, you know, certain horses, etc. you know, like buying them and when they're no good and just, and you know, keeping them for a few years and, you know, do you reckon... I'd, do you reckon... I'd, I'd, I'd trust him just a little bit further than I could chuck King Kong, I think. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing about Mick. Um, I was at, I, I'm going a long way back now, so about 2000 and 
three, I think it was. Weatherby had just built the new stand anyways. And um, to celebrate it, I think Betfair sponsored the entire card. So I got a corporate invite. And um, cracking Buffy they put on Betfair. It was yeah. just uh, no expense spared. Uh, I don't think it'd be the same today. But um, it, it was absolutely unbelievable. Well, anyway, Mick, Mick Easton, he must have heard about it because... He invited himself in. <laughs> yeah. So, he, anyway, he schmoozes in and he, he starts talking to everybody as if, like, he's one at, one at crowd. And, yeah, and obviously, yeah. some at Betfair punters didn't know who he were. And, you know, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I said, oh, it's Mick Easter, you know. And he's, you know, oh, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you see. And next thing, that was it. As soon as he'd, he'd said about four words to everybody, he turned around and then, then filled his plate full of, Bolivants oh, yeah. and salmon and, yeah. and a bit of lobster and all sorts. And then <laughs> munched through it, sat in a chair, munched through it and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, as brazen as anything, I mean, you know, just, just in your come, mate. Have a, have a, you know. So he must have got wind that obviously Betfair's <coughs> were, be- were better than the trainer's meal voucher, you know. <laughs> Olympic standard levels of grade, isn't it? Oh, ah, for, for sure. I mean, that that I would I was sort of gas because I actually said to kids that were running it uh, for bet who worked for Betfair, and I said, uh, "So is he one of your uh, speakers or something?" To to you know to Billy Bunter. No, <laughs> he just yeah. uh, he just swanned in just for a plate full of buffet. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> um, so. Good question, Carl Swanson. There, um, not John's favourite character. Um, are we all in the George Boffy? George, I keep saying Boffy because he's like Frank Boff. Um, no, we don't go there either, do we? He, he like dressing up to good old Frank. I'm, I'm big Frank Boff. Yeah, yeah, Frank Boff. Yeah, grandstand, etc. No, it's George Bowie. I keep saying Boffy, um, but he says, are, "Are we all in the George Bowie fan club?" Says John Hines. Uh, on Twitter, John. Any any views on John on George Bowie? Well, I was a big Jim Bowie fan. I like a good nice fighter. Uh, uh, so I suppose uh, you, you you'd have to bracket this fella as his second cousin twice removed. Probably, probably a bit useful in a scrap if you need him. Um, no, he's he's doing all right, isn't he? You know. Well, uh, I, I mean, I mean, he is. I mean, this season. When he, when he first, all I can say, I mean, I, I've not really, I know like Icy Tentacles on Twitter, uh, you know, as, as this like running jerk with, with George Bowie, but um, I, 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 to be honest, when he first come on scene, he, I didn't think he was very good. Um, I, I thought, you know, for, for, for horses you get him, it's, but all of a sudden it looks like he's found the old, uh, the old, he uh, found the magic key, the old new market syringe. Um, <laughs> the new market sausage. Yeah, so fair play to fair play to the lad. He he knows what's required and he's he, getting on with it. He he's, the best thing I can say about him at the minute. And it's probably the best thing I can say about most trainers. Really, his name next to a horse doesn't put me off. No, you know, unlike the likes of Ed Warfel and people like that. You know, it's uh, it, it, it it's a name there. It it's right. It's wallpaper in human form, but. It doesn't upset me, so yeah, yeah. I can rock along with him if I say the name. Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of keeping my eye on him. Put it that way. Mm. I'm sort of looking. I'm looking more deeper into his runners than I was. So yeah. yeah. Um, 
Next question. Of the scores of poorly judged rides that occur each month, uh, Lorne Marvo wants us to put uh, into numbers. How many do we think, in a percentage term, for example, are corruption opposed to incompetence? John? Well, um, I, I must say there's loads more than I think there is in corruption, but I, I think personally about 95% of the rides are just crass incompetence on the part of the jockeys. I've said it often enough, I think we're in a, a proper slump as you have the standard of jockeyship in this country. Um, I concur. I, I think there's a, a lot of problems with, with jockeys at the minute. I think a lot of it stems from where they're getting their ideas from. You know, I mean, you, you look at the British racing school, there's the likes of Perham showing them out to ride for God's sake. Came you know, cross. yeah, you, you know, I mean, it's just not on, is it? You, you know, it, it's not on. You, you know, Kim Tink was a jockey coach. Yeah, when you, uh, you it, know. It, it, it's it's a bit like I mean, I'd like I, I, I kind of liken it to uh, like Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln City, and and uh, Artlepool players teaching, in, you know, players how to play football. You know, it's. It's not you, you know. I mean, you think you think like again. I, I don't know. Obviously, they don't want to do it. Or salary is not enough. But you think we would get the very best talent around that's retired to maybe do this job, or, or you know, or someone that's close to the best, always renowned for having lovely you, hands. You see, I'm a bit left field on this. I, I don't see why it has to be a jockey either. I mean, there's plenty of good race raiders out there that could sit in a room with a jockey. And talk them through races and say, well, watch this winner, see what he's done here. Or watch this beating favourite, see where you think he's gone wrong. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know? Um, I mean, there's, there's plenty of jockeys out there that are prepared to listen to you. There's, there's also some idiots that are like, well, how many winners have you ridden type thing, you know? Um, <laughs> and it's, it's a shame because... That they could learn so much from talking to a decent race rider, you know. It's, but it, it, it's this endemic feeling in the weighing room that it's a closed shop. They can only learn from the payers and all the rest of it, and we all know it's absolute bollocks. But and, unless mindsets alter, and that's going to come from trainers as well a bit, you know. And they've got the indentures of these lads, and they're, they're telling them how to go. And you know, I mean. They'll probably be saying, don't listen to anybody, just listen to me and a couple of senior jockeys. And that. Yeah, yeah, that's just cacking it, really. I mean, th- this is this is where racing has had a problem for years, and it's not just jockeys, it's highlighted by trainers, hence the Nicky Henderson ground gate at Sandown with Paul Lydia. And j- jockeys, for me, are just as bad in that, you know they'll take the plaudits, they'll 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 take the adulation, but when it whenever it comes to you know an absolute gross piece of misjudgment, or or not not necessarily even a gross piece of misjudgment, any any kind of criticism, and all right, look, I know I've seen Twitter, you know I've seen the arseholes that will slag jockeys off because they've lost a few quid and just you know and start going berserk at them and right, yeah, they're just they're not, but. I, I was annoyed, a bit annoyed yesterday because I'm not going to name names on the show because I don't think it's it's fair. But 
I, I attacked a ride yesterday, and I've, I've deleted some most of the tweets. I think um, because I just don't want any any sort of like public bad publicity from it. Uh, but I, I, I criticised the ride given it your toxicity yesterday, and the jockey himself. I didn't tag the jockey in it. The jockey came and he he he, he, he came. Off, he didn't even offer a defence. He just basically attacked me as some kind of moron for even daring to to criticise. Not that I've bet, bet professionally for a quarter of a century, and I'm which is longer than he's been alive. And not that I'm an in-running punter and make running from from betting in running, etc., and re, can read races. That that m- meant nothing to him. It was he wanted to only take advice from his peers and his jockey coach. And I was some kind of inconsequence. Now that's where they're going wrong because the point is, what if if you'd have asked uh, construct? And by the way, my tweet was constructive. It wasn't. It wasn't in any way kind of just just effing and jeffing. If you'd have just come and just said, right, well, you know, can, what 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 could I have done better? What do you think? You know, but he didn't. His first level of thing was to say, how many winners have you ridden? And I'm not taking advice off armchairs that have just lost the money uh, having a, having a few quid on. Um, and I just I just thought that what world do these people live in? I mean, it, it is it, it is remarkable, and that's not just blowing my own horn and just say well. well <coughs> but the fact is, I, I will know more tactically than he will know at, at this stage of his career. And that, I, I'm not ridden horses. You know, I'm I'm twenty odd stuff, so I'm not. I can't sit on the back of an horse and, you know, I'd kill it. So, <laughs> but but the, the the point is that that these guys need good advice, and none of them none of them want to seek good advice. They want to listen to idiots and and uh, you know uh, jockey coaches and you know, like you say tactically. They're all, uh, like you said. It, it comes back to the um, the sensible ones will listen. That's the yeah. difference. Yeah. Because they know those who. You know, I mean, Frankie Bittari wouldn't say to Barney Curley when, when he'd been put off with a drug problem and all that, he wouldn't say, well, I'm not listening to you, Barney, how many winners have you ridden? Yeah. It was all over Barney Curley. He was down his house playing snooker most nights. Well, when, when, when I had a, a big gamble on one years ago, um, I, I turned up to Newcastle to watch it. And I, I went into the paddock and... Uh, uh, I'm not even going to name the jockey, but anyway. So I gave him the instructions, and he looked at me, gone out, and he goes, well, that's not what I've been told to do. I said, so I politely said, I don't give a fuck what you've been told. Yeah. You know, I pay the bills. I, yeah. you know, this is what you want to do. And that, that I think it's just the, I don't know, like, as I said, it's just the... The ones know. that have been taught, right, will take your thoughts on board. I mean, Duran always listens, Sick Dave listens, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, one of your horses ran at Redcar a few years ago, Sir Trow. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember it as um, the apprentice jockey at Mel's at the time was John Kavanagh. Yeah. And uh, I walked into the paddock, you sent me that uh, instructions out. Obviously, it was a shirt man at Redcar, she was going to be held up. And he come over to me, he was leading, not leading up, he was on travelling head lad duty that day. And uh, he came over to me, he said, she's making the running. I said, not in this lifetime, she isn't. <laughs> and 
He said, well, what do you mean? I said, no, you're all up here, son. I said, there's pace on. And he said, well, how many winners have you ridden? <laughs> I said, well, funnily enough, John, I said, nearly as many as you and you had a license for, have you? <laughs> I know. You know, yeah. So, quieting down a bit, mate. In answer then to the original question, me and John are both unanimous here, that we think that we reckon around 95% of incompetent rides will be, uh, or poorly judged rides, will be down to incompetent. And there will be that 5% element where it's okay. You know, if he, I mean, usually I have a saying, if, 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 if it drifts and the ride matches the drift, then, then you, you've kind of got your answer. Um, you know, because obviously money does, money does speak. And if, if it gets the opposite ride to what you expect, usually, i.e., you back to horse thinking, well, this usually sits handy. Then the, the, the rider, and it drifts badly, and the rider then takes it to the back. I think that's obviously a, a telltale sign. Um, but apart from that, I, I just think in general, I, I don't think jockeys are the most intelligent. Well, you can't be that intelligent when, wanting to sit on an horse doing 42 mile an hour. You know, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's a tough sport, um, real tough sport. So anyway... Uh, we move on to our final question, and it's regarding Tiger Roll's chances. What are what is Tiger Roll's chances, John? Next well, week, now they're going for the uh, the, the bowl. Well, well, I, I, I spent most of the afternoon being uh, spread out in a star of David position in front of the Racing Post Facebook page, and various subscribers to the page of. Matched up and kicked me swearly in the bollocks from my view that um, Mr. O'Leary is really, really risking the health and well-being of this horse by running on the Malmere course. I genuinely think that this horse is in grave danger running in this race. Um, he's been running cross countries where you can, some of them fences basically you can go go through halfway up. Yeah. Me and you could walk through, don't we, really? Yeah, yeah. The national fences, since that one's won his toe, nationals have had a plastic car you can flip through. The Mildmay fences are a completely different ball game. Um, I I genuinely hope I'm wrong about this, but this, I'm full of foreboding about it. Um, We lost one man on this course. Um, he took out the first fence down the backside, halfway up, busted shoulder. Um, if Tiger Roll repeated what he did at the fourth last in the national, the last time around the national, he won't be going through it. He'll do it some himself. And I'm seriously concerned about this. Um, I, I, I just don't think it ends well. And uh, and as I said, I'm, I'm worried because I think it'd be terrible for racing if anything happened to him. Well, as we know, uh, the the mile course, like you say, is it's a it's a very punish. They are stiff fences. There's not there's not much giving. Uh, you, you know, you, you and on spring ground, which is obviously possible, uh, but you know, you, you're trapping at pace and you hit these sort of fences, and or, or you get one wrong wrong stride because you are trapping around there. Um, it can be quite quite uh, problematic for a horse on the wrong stride. And you think in Tiger Roll at his age, uh, running in such a race, when, like like you've rightly pointed out, 
he's been contesting, you know, his, his rise to fame is his Grand National and the, and the cross country races, which are, I mean, the Grand National these days is not the Grand National that, that we grew up watching. Um, no, I mean, Pete was been laughing at me, saying he won two nationals. What are you talking about? So it still takes a massive effort to jump down there. I mean, I, I just contest the fact that it does. I mean, I, I quite think the strength is on the national cast now. But you'll yeah. give a foot clearance when they sat on your back. Well, I mean, anyone has to just literally just watch, watch races from the past 80s, 90s, you know, like early two thousands, and and just and just take a look at beaches and t- and take a look at, you know, that it is it was immense, and it, that's what captured the public's imagination was the fact that you could jump round the course such as that, and that was the exhilarating thrill. Obviously, that comes in in modern times as as times progress. We're now supposedly more responsible people and this this would have never won two nationals on the old fences. Absolutely not. I agree. I, I totally agree. And the, the the thing for me is I, I think what, what's happened here is it's you know you know like I mean I'm not just saying the fact because he's a bill a billionaire, but it, it's a bit like the toys out of the pram thing. Oh it he is. Didn't, he didn't he didn't like the, the handicap mark. So he's he's gone all he's gone all like he's took his ball and he's and he's toys it and he's just said he's no, still playing tough about him, isn't he? I mean, who like you said, who would have foreseen that Tiger Roll would be turning up in 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 bowl of of national? It's just it's un, it's unthinkable. I, I I'm 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 in shock myself. I I don't hmm. understand the, the logic of it. Uh, saying that his handicap mark was unfair. I mean. I don't think it was that unfair. You know, the idea is that if you're going to win three nationals, you're going to have to deserve to win three nationals. You're going to go up, aren't you, for winning your second one? Yeah. He's not. I, I, I just, I don't know what weight they actually wanted. I honestly don't. I mean, what did you, you know, what, what, all right, you could argue it might be a pound pound to well, Then he had the neck to say, well, Red Rum came down in the weights when he won his third national. I mean, for God's sake, Red, Red Rums, uh, one of his prep runs for the National in 77, he was tailed off last of three at Newcastle, beating over a furlong. Well, well, this is it for me. The, the, the problem with them is they, they, they seem to want, they don't want to run the horse very often. So if you're not running the horse down the field enough, as in you're not, you're not, you're not having seven or eight starts that season, no. and you're not, you know, you're not going to come down. You know, national weights are announced. You're not going to drop a pound. So, no. what, what, what can anyone? As if handicappers going to watch that not off running Ireland and go, Do you know what? The horse has gone at the game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock yeah. five pound. Off. I mean, I, I just, I just think now they're eating humble pie because they've gone for a race like you say, and I, I, I totally concur that I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm certainly not a backer, and uh, I hope everything's well with the horse. Right. Fantastic questions this week. Uh, me and John enjoyed those, and don't forget to get them in for the sermon on Sunday. Uh, big show plan there. Plenty of ranting from me in any case, and John, because he always does. Uh, yeah, and we go on to tomorrow's cards, which is what we're here for. We're going to which try. Which are pretty and- awful. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's annoyed me this week because I, I like look. You can't have the fanfare of the big big turf, and then you know it's all it's all all weather and jumps cards all week. It's just it's, they need to press on from the Lincoln, don't they? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, for, I can remember like I don't know if it was last year. Uh, my memory's not that great, but Bath definitely had a meeting on Good Friday hmm. for a bit, and that obviously that's turf. I mean, but like I said, not not one turf meeting this week. How disappointing! So you think, think if they can maybe do something where you have a national and maybe then the Lincoln and the Lincoln leads into the Craven meeting the following week and the Newbury Spring meeting. And, I mean, that would be a nice start, wouldn't it? You know? It would be wonderful. I mean, I, I'm all with you on this. I mean, we start getting excited when it's, it's the Spring meeting, Craven. That's, that's, when it, that's when it really starts. Nick Davis as well. He'll, he'll be listening. Nick Davis loves it. He, he loves he loves the spring. Real card at the ready. Absolutely. Stanley right. Nathan pocket. <laughs> in <case> it kicks <laughs> off. Uh, right on to tomorrow. We're going to start with the the twig offers, uh, and I, I'm I, like I said, I like, I'd like us to be a flat program this summer mainly, and. I think mainly we will be because there's not really much, there won't be much jump action to talk about. But this is the Betway Challenger Finals, and we've got three on ITV for tomorrow. And we start with the 205 race there. That's the two mile hurdle series final. We've got an even money favourite, job, I believe. Is this, can this be right? Vision de Yeah, uh, no. Hang on, this can't be right. Hang on, have I got the right? No, have we else got even? That's somebody. Somebody's had me over there. That's that now. Yeah, it's it's it wasn't refreshed. Um, I thought yeah, paying any money out there. I'm gonna say yeah. Well, Vision Dupuy is the nine to four market leader. John, have you any view here? Yeah, well, I I sincerely doubt I'll be having a bet, but. I thought this looked fairly decent last time. Now the brakes have been removed. Uh, he started winning, I think, and gone from the previous run. Yeah. Um, I don't see a lot of mileage in the nine far, but I, I couldn't stop anybody backing it, really. What I, what I felt here <clears throat> was a distinct lack of pace. Uh, on There's literally mm. barely any... Well, there is no confirmed front-runner. And I, right. and I think... The, this could be a bull by the horns race, even though it's poorly handicapped. Uh, Chitty Balco is mm-hmm. one. It's it's Donald McCain. You you know what he does. That you know gets to the front and just and piles on. You know gets an easy lead. That could be dangerous, but he would want a lot softer ground than what he's going to get tomorrow. So I'm not advocating a bet. He could deal with a tiny winner as well, couldn't he? I'll say he's going to be back where his feather was selling yellow cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't be playing because I don't think the horse is a, is, is, a, is a yielding ground kind of horse. I think he's a, he's, mm. he's, he's a mudlark. Now, the, the problem then you've got for Vision Dupuy, if you're fancying Vision Dupuy tomorrow, is that if you watch, his, if, I keep saying he for Vision Dupuy, her, if you watch her last race, she was sort of quite. I won't say outpaced, but she was struggling to pick up when, when the taps were turned on. And obviously, the Stratford distance was two mile half a furlong. Well, Haydock's two mile is the one mile seven and a half furlong. So it's a furlong less to travel. And and that would be a, just a slight worry that you, you wouldn't want it tactical if you're back in Vision Dupuy. So that's the only sort of outlook I could give on the race rather than come with a bet because everything in the race looks rather exposed. 
That's how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Right. So nothing there from myself or John there. We're, we're bottling that one. But again, just watch your bets on Vision to play. I'd rather just play the race in running and, and make my choice from there. The 240 race is the Challenger Staying Series final over three miles, one and a half furlongs. Debichi is the four to one favourite, John. Dan Skelton. Uh, any view on this? And, and again, it's it's a similar story with all the, the races at Haddock, to be honest. Um, I ended up plumping for versatility. Uh, I thought the the first run since the win on a decent surface got a wind up. Um, probably the, the one in the fail that's maybe still got a bit of progression in. But again, I'm, I'm not champion at the bit to have a bet in all honesty. I, I, I don't think there's a bunch to be betting on. Well, it's it's a nice price around the 14 to 1 mark. Um, certainly, yeah, I'm not going to knock, knock the bet there. Like I said, second off the wind up. For me, I I, I think, I know it's a bit un- unimaginative, unimaginative, if you like, but Debiche, uh, trained by the, 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 the Red Ox skeleton team, uh, at Sandown last time, this 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 was on the first on the window. They could not get enough on this. <laughs> it was so it was so strong on Betfair. Literally, if you put anything in, it'd get it'd get taken literally straight away. And yeah. th- they couldn't get enough on. And and the ride it got was was kind of typical of Harry Skelton. Really, Hurry, Hurry Skelton was my was my uh, assessment after the race. He, he put the, the pedal to the metal, let's say, on this a long way out. And Man, look what He's the usual paint, isn't it? I mean, it was just literally, well, I've got the sectionals actually, and it was absolutely lung busting mid race. He, he made lung busting moves on this. Yeah. And there's no wonder up the hill. It just it, it jumped the pond fence and it still kept going, in all fairness. But you can. It, he definitely messed up. He, he yeah. messed it all up. It was it was brutal, and he had them all in trouble. They were all like literally. I'd say down the back even like for the final. You know, they were all in trouble. But but again, it was just a mess of a of a judgment of pace. So the fact that they had they had their absolute you know bollocks on uh, at Sandown and 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 you know this would I don't think this is any tougher really in any shape or form. I don't think it's too bad around the four to one mark. You know, this horse really can. I think if he if he just judges it that little bit better, I think yeah. uh, Debichi can run. But and I think the I think the slightly better ground, you know, might help. It, mm. it's, it's it's by Cape Tara. You know, it's not they're not known for for heavy ground performers, and some of its wins have been good to soft, good to soft, good. You know, so it might not want the suit yeah, yeah, right, that, that it had at Sandown. So. I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite, quite like Debiche. Debiche, you know, I think it's very fair. If you're backing it, I think four to one is very fair indeed, and um, that that would be a selection from me for the race. Even I, we don't like tipping fabs if we can if we can avoid it, but but if it's value, it's value. Sometimes it's necessary, isn't it? Absolutely, value is what it's all about. <laughs> I think Debiche is very fair at four to one. If you can obtain that sort of price, we move on. To the uh, three fifteen race at Haydock. That's the Betfair, the, the Betfair, Betway Challenger Stayers Hurdle Series final uh, over the three mile and a half of furlong. 
favourite or just about favourite is small present. Uh, Harvey Smith, so six to one. John, any views on this? Well, is this the age of egg? Pass the judges and give them the V's. Um, I'll ruin with I will do it, which I think has been kept back for a bit decent ground. Yeah. Might just have a little bit of his sleeve. Um, again, singing the same song as the previous two races, I'm not strong on it. But I think push for a selection and uh, I'm going with that. Interesting selection, really, because the trainers stated that the horse has definitely improved the last run as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, around an eight to one chance. Sam Thomas uh, trains. Sam Thomas doing quite well. Had a winner at Ludlow the other day. Uh, did it nicely. Dobrin, I think it was. So, yeah. so the barns in form. Yeah, I will do it. Nice choice. Um, I'm a bit sickened by Harvey's arse anyway because I backed it before it won them last two. And it not like an absolute mule and I backed it. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I can only say rumours with this because I can't say this is fact. But I heard through the grapevine that it wasn't off on the 7th of October when it was two to one favourite as right. Harvey, as Harvey didn't want the mark ruining. So it finished second. and. If anyone wants to watch that ride, 7th of October 2020, go on your racing first databases and have a little look and, and just, just tell me what you well, you email me private, do what you want. Just I just like to know someone else's opinion sometimes. And it, it was a bit iffy, I'll just say that. Um and see when he started winning, the, the one trait this horse is, he, and I like this because he's lazy in front, small present. He, he gets to gets to the front, doesn't do a tap, does absolutely nothing. I mean, his last two wins should tell you that. He's won ahead, he's won half a length. He gets to the front, ears start flicking. He doesn't do absolutely nothing, which is good because it shows there's, that he's always keeping something for himself. What is bad is that I think he's been very unfortunate that there's been a big gap to the third last time and the handicap has put, put him up £6 for winning half a length, which to some people would say, well, that's, that's quite stiff. You know, it's a bit unfair. Uh, the time before, it beat big penny um, went up six pound yeah it, it's one ahead mm-hmm. so you've won ahead and half a lane and you've gone up a total of 12 pounds yeah that's quite that's that's quite stiff when you when you think about it and so that'd be the one drawback for me but as i said if you're back in small present he's, he's a bit of an in-running dream so if you see him if you see him traveling well turning in and he hits the front and then he looks in a bit of trouble I can probably tell you that he's idling and messing around, so don't worry too much and have more on. <laughs> when, especially when price drifts. If you see, see the price drifting sort of three out as something else is going well, and he's been pushed along. Don't worry, he doesn't do a tap in front. So it's, yeah, it's, it's nothing to do with the fact that somebody's got pictures that's four seconds in front of you. Just keep piling in. <laughs> just keep piling in because, because as I said. You know, this is how you get these lads. This is how you get these lads on track. You know, they, they have the drones, they have the they have the quick picks, but they haven't a foggiest about about horses. They haven't time to do that. They've got to be, you know, they, they've, they've they've got normal lives to lead. They, they they don't they don't do do the work. So, but to oil the drones on a night, haven't Absolutely. So so just small pre- again. This is the in running skills that that I can bring sometimes as a small present. It's just, it'd be interesting turning in anyway if, if he's still there and, and looking good because gosh, you will get some prices because he won't do it easy. You won't be winning six lengths, seven lengths, and drawing clear. 
even if he's on the bridle, he will he will make it look tough. So you can use that to your advantage. Right. So we've finished with the twig hoppers because we, we, we're really busting for more flat action at the moment, me and John. So we move to Musselburgh for their first turf meeting of the year, given as going as good to soft. We'll probably know if it's good to firm or if it's soft after race one. <laughs> That's the problem with these going reports this time of year. Not always the most accurate. I always find early season. Uh, 150 race is where we go. It's, it's the Bet, Betway Silver Arrow handicap. Over seven furlongs, Stone Soldier is heading the market for Archie Watson at 11 to 4, John. It's absolutely horrible, this, isn't it? Seven furlongs around there, you know. I mean, you need a brave man. And who braver than the recently back from a life threatening accident than Mr. Hannigan, the Manigan? Um, Gallipoli, uh, probably at the top of his mark, but. Um, Thigh's a bit thick. I mean, he'll, he'll have it fit for this. Um, he won't have a plan in his head. Um, there's no track worries. He's a handy little sort, this. Um, and I'm going to give it the right kind of ride. It'll, it'll be there about, so what I thought. Yeah. I mean, as we know in Musselburgh, anyone that's, that's betted in the seven furlong races there, that you, you usually need to be handy. In fact, you probably definitely need to be handy. That said, there was, I think it was towards the back end of last season, there, were, there was an edge at Musselburgh for coming wide. Now, I don't know if that's to do with the watering. I don't know if that's to do with, but but anything that was challenging the widest, sort of late last, you know, late, late season on the flat there. I think it's a configuration of the straight, mate, because it goes in and then comes back out. That's, that's actually think- correct, yeah. Yeah. I think if you actually apex off the bench, straight line to the to the winning post. It's shorter if you are. Yeah, yeah, and you're actually coming wide. You, it throws you wide at the finish. So but you're just not point. sticking to the configuration of the track. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a really good point, John. Really good point. Like you so said, there's that little little bend sort of. A little kink. It's a kink. Well, well, I say a little, it's quite a kink. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it kinks, like you said, to, to mm, the left. Okay. So, if you if you drone high on the um in the sprint track, you can hug the rail and obviously you're getting the benefit of that king. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. even even if it's only worth like a length in <laughs> handicap in handicap races, that's that's plenty. It's crucial, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Now the the so your selection is Gallipoli of uh, uh Thick Fay, um, yeah. Paul Anagan the Manigan in the saddle. Uh, Eight to one. The old team back. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I'm just. I mean, I'm talking from uh, a sort of price angle, really. Very heavily bet here is Stone Soldier at eleven to four. Has been bigger uh, yesterday and sort of this afternoon. Currently, like I say, eleven to four with bet three six five. I'm looking at now. That to me is a, a ridiculous price. I mean, what I'd, the first thing I'd like to say is that this horse is five wins from eight on the all-weather, including, you know, Southern, which it, it proves it likes. And it's just one from 11 on, on the turf. And in fact, when you, when you look back through its entire turf form, and I'm doing so right now, is that the best run it's ever done was winning off 80 at Chester uh, mm-hmm. over the six, making all. It's off 91 today. And its last run on turf was uh, 
26th of October last year, albeit soft ground, and it was well beat off 82. Now, now because it's been winning on the all-weather, you know, it's now off 91. I just, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't see why you'd be clear market leader, even though the race is full of probably exposed types. I wouldn't, I, I'd be, uh, I think I'm taking this on, John. We're going to play a slayer this till the pips squeak, are we? Uh, well, you, strong... you just won't convince me, Lee, I think. Uh, Another uh, thing, trap, trap 10, which is, uh, you uh, know, that's right? Thrasher Morris, so, you know, it's, you know, it, it'll be, you're going to get 48 smacks, but no balance and no poise inside final furlong. Um, I, I just, 11 or 4, it's not, not really for me, that. So I'm going to be against the the Archie horse because I think that's just Billy Bunter's the same way. It's been winning well all weather and not considering that now we've changed. You, so. you, you've convinced me, Lee. I'm hitting pink tomorrow yeah. with that. We're going to have to. We're going to have to hit yeah. pink. Yeah. So we move on to the 225. It's the Betway Royal Mile handicap. Uh, over a mile this time, seven goes first. 11 to 4 favourite. The screaming kilt with Forrest Falcon, John. Well, I think this is possibly justified. I think uh, the the situation is, I mean, as with Beverly, the screaming kilt gets an awful lot of winners gifted to him around this track and Beverly and anywhere else where there's a massive front-end bias. Yeah. And, uh, again, this one, I think this can just get out in front, drop the anchor and game over, basically. It's, I mean, just, just looking at it, it's by Raven's Pass out of a Shamadal mare. And obviously, that's a big no no uh, with, with cutting the ground. That's, that's, all, that's all I'd deduce from that. Raven's Pass, Shamadal, both sides of the pedigree scream all weather fast ground. So, my only issue with that would be what the actual state of the ground is. It's all right what they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's nice, Grand Good. You know, I'd have to. I don't want first race to be run six seconds slow. No. You know, <laughs> it's one of them. You know, you, then you think, yeah, fuck. You know, I, I've gone in. I've got. I agree with you. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is a this is a nice type, and it could well be sort of above the level of this. And 83 seems very fair. On the, on, on the last well, I said, it's a nice type of this type of race, isn't it? You know, I mean, yeah, more or less guarantee you're selling Labbit Shell by Ascot, you know, yeah. So, me and, me and John sort of like, but only well, only other one that I'll put up to it is a, a tornadic of uh, Eve Johnson Houghton's because obviously she gets her horses really primed uh, first time out, and I think that I think tornadic is interesting, got a great draw just on the insider. Mark Johnson's, but you probably bet your life that Franny Norton will, will be bumming this for the lead. And like you say, it, it's it's a tricky, but I'd, I need to see. I'd need to see what the ground is before I'd make an assessment. I mean, these previews are fantastic. I was trying to tell you winners, but if 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 you don't know what the ground is actually going to ride like, then it, it's really difficult when you've got a Ravens past Shamadal, which are predominantly all weather fast ground fast ground runners. Yeah, but we've, we've, we've sort of steered you there where we're going anyway on that one, so bear that in mind. Next race is the 3 o'clock. It's the uh, Scottish Sprint Cup over five furlongs. 
Uh, Eric Olsen, obviously a, a renowned sprint trainer, as his sprinters in great. I like Eric Olsen. I, th- I think he's one of them smaller trainers. I always cheer on against the bigger ones whenever he's got some rated. You know, he's one of them that y- you just want to do well because he doesn't have the big the big Arab owners, etc., etc. And he's got the favourite here in Jabba Rocket at eleven to two, John. Yeah, um, clearly it can't. Um, I ended up plumping for Zazini. Um, I think it's going to have enough pace for this. I think it's snagged a fairly decent box as well. Yeah. And I thought the pain partner that it had recently was quite promising, really. I think, um, well, again, I'm not climbing over myself to have a bet, but I, I don't think this can put a, a fairly decent show up here. It definitely ran, ran well at. Uh, at Wolves uh, I mean look at the form you've mm. got stream, streamliner Clive Coxes and it, I listened to Adam Kirby today after he won on Summergand in the, the in the big Linfield sprint today and he said it, he, he reckoned that the one that beat it at Wolverhampton is going to end up quite useful so that's quite a a, a, a bigging up of the form if you like from Adam Kerr because he's saying, no, don't worry about that second at Wolves. He ran well there and he's ran well to one that he thinks he's going to progress. So, so I, I just, I just felt that were interesting comments from mm-hmm. the, on at the races today. So that's backing up your case with Zarzini, which like you say, has run a, a fantastic race, finishing third there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also what I like as well with the, with these type of conditions races now, they don't just put the marks up and leaving it on 90. Well, leaves it very well in. Yeah. Well, other thing is, other thing as well is to boost your selection is that uh, Bar- David Barron this year, I think, started off a little bit better than than what he did sort of like last year. I was a bit concerned for him last year, but at yeah. least he had he, he had gunmetal banging at uh, Doncaster on the uh, on the uh, opening flat weekend. So that 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 goes in your favor as well that at least the yards banged in the recent winner cuz like I said David Barron last year I were back in his horse's springtime last year I absolutely bought gunmetal last year and then I back the second the other day when it won yeah so so I, i'm with you with i'm i'm going to side with you on this zarzini i think it's interesting but again just a word of warning by Uni out of an invincible spirit mare again points mm, to the right ground cut, yeah yeah and again, there's no form on soft ground, so again, it's it's one of them. I would, I, with it's all right sometimes having bet sort of night before or, or morning, but sometimes you just need to see that that what that ground is actually like because everyone gets put away by Clark of the courses. I mean, the number of times we'll, we're going to be moaning halfway, you know, this season on on Twitter and you know about you, you just don't want to see Clemmy's flying there in the first. So, but. John, I agree with you there. I think that off 90 could be an absolute snip. So, Zarzini for me and John. But we would like sort of goody, the good side of good, if you, the good to soft side of good rather than the soft side of good to soft. Uh, if you know, if we're going to get our tin helmets on and pile in. Uh, 3.35, the final TV race that we're going to be looking at is the Betway Queen's Cup, a very valuable race, £75,000 guaranteed, and 13 runners go to post. Nine to two favourite, John, is Nate the Great. Yeah, it's a horse I was 
quite interested in last year. I thought overall it was a fairly disappointing growth at Hallowell. Um, it, it left me feeling a bit underwhelmed last year. I, I, I did think it was ours that kind of made great strides. Didn't. And uh, for the selection, I've ended up going with us that I've always sort of kept a bit of an eye on because he, he, he has done his service in the past in strongly run racing. I think we'll get the, the race run to sell it. That's Indianapolis. Um, now, it's just changed stables and it's come out the James Gibbon death camp. And it's gone to Ian Williams, who I think handles these stain types rather well. Um, it can go well fresh, and I think a bit of pace on it here will really sell this. It, it, now, where Williams and Given probably differ, Williams would probably have a plan for this. He's played 52 Jays for it, I think. And he'll have something in mind. You know, it could be an Eber situation or something like that. But given that I'm assuming everything's okay and the horse is fit, and the market will probably tell us if it holds its own in the market, that'll do. Uh, if there's a big drift, be very careful. Um, this is a horse I can, I can see improving quite a bit for the change of yard. Yeah. And hopefully it might be tomorrow, you know. I, I, I think that the yard didn't have it right last season. Because when, when it made its debut for, for Balding, when it was third to the trader at Newmarket, it just it looked it, to be honest, it looked flat all year. You yeah. know, running off running off early nineties, and like you said, last time out, it, it, well, last two runs really, it's shown signs. Third to Mildenberger, and then obviously beating Who Dares Wins. Uh, yeah, can't can't knock it. Uh, White's market leader. Uh, one I thought at a price might be all right is uh, All Right Sunshine, <laughs> trained by Kenny Dalgleish. Um, Kenny had a winner uh, recently, which again I always like because Kenny's been in pretty poor form really most well for a while now. And uh, Prince Keith won a won a was well bet and won a handicap hurdle at Newcastle the other day. So I'm thinking, all right, Sunshine is is not bad off ninety nine at twelve to one because don't forget this horse was was really really progressive back in two thousand and nineteen and then. Last year, or he's just basically found himself in off marks in top quality races that he can't sort of win off. Like 105 against Fajera Prince uh, in the Ascot handicap, and then what goes for the Ebor, yeah. then behind Fajera Prince, then he's in the Cesarovic off 101. I mean, now, now you're coming down to a Musselburgh Cup off 99. I'm mm-hmm. just thinking this could be where this all sort of gets his mojo back a little bit, and <laughs> you know. So I thought twelve to one was was was, was quite fair without without being strong. I I just I just kind of like the price for sure. And you know, uh, I know for a fact that that straight line bloodstock will be will be wanting a win out of this. So yeah, so the, the, so Nate the great for John and probably rightfully so. Indianapolis. Oh, sorry, Indianapolis for John. Um, that's the Ian Williams runner at nine to one. Uh, obviously, I, I mean, God, have I been asleep? James given to Ian Williams, of course. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, I've just been about Nate the Great has been nice. Yeah, because I, I, I did have that preamble about Nate the Great being a little bit underwhelming last year. Right, and I've been, yeah. Anyway, so so basically, you are Indianapolis 
mm-hmm. at nine to one on the trainer switch from James Given yeah. to Ian Williams, which certainly want to keep an eye on this year, if not tomorrow. I tell you what, it's a massive switch, isn't it? Mm, I think it's a good switch, that, you know. <laughs> it's an, it is an yeah. enormous switch. I mean, well, I mean, given to anybody that will fade him, he's probably good. I mean, given was 8% as a trainer, so, so I mean, Desperate. this is, yeah. And yeah. Barrett, Barrett I think, I'm sure, hang on, you, you, didn't you have this, you you backed it in a big race, it, you backed this before, mm. aren't you? Several mm. big races. Yeah. Was it, did, yeah, and managed to get paid a couple of times as well. Yeah. Did you back it at Ascot last year when it was fifth of Scarlet Dragon? No. Yeah. No. I think he got, um, a, got a really bad ride that day. Mm, I think I backed um, that thing that went to Simcox from Michael's. That oh, ran in the Dante as a three-year-old. I forgot did. what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I to as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, Indianapolis for John. All right, sunshine for me to finish off in the big stain race there, the Queen's Cup at Musselburgh tomorrow. Don't forget to tune in with us on Sunday because, as I said, quite uh, a, a big ranty show. Definitely uh, two topics which kind of really sort of get to me a little bit. Ranty Sunday. Ranty Sunday, we're going to call it. Uh, micro-ownership and uh, account checks for affordability, which appear to be gathering pace, which could spell big trouble for the industry. And I've so, I've got a little bit of a mole in the BHA that's, that's, that's fed me a line or two as well. So you, you might want to listen to that. It'll be a great show. That's all from me and John this evening. Be safe with your bets tomorrow. I'd, I wouldn't go mad. And uh, we'll see you hopefully on Sunday for a cracking Sunday sermon. Bye for now.